Welcome to this bonus episode of Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My co-host is, of course, Greg Cott. But for this episode, our news contributor and friend, Althea Legospi, has a great feature from a whole bunch of familiar names from the 80s and 90s indie rock underground. Uh, the main ones to know are Wink O'Bannon, the former guitarist for 11th Dream Day, and Tara Key of Antietam, a fantastic band originally from Louisville and then New York Hoboken that came up in the mid-80s alongside 11th Dream Day and Yola Tango and other friends from that era. So let's turn to our beloved uh, correspondent, Althea Legospi. You spoke with Antietam's Tara Key about the album His Majesty's Request, a Wink O'Bannon Select. This is a record that benefits Girls Rock Louisville and Amped that came about in a really interesting way. Yeah, it all started when Antietam headed to Louisville in the summer of 2019. They had kind of a Babylon dance band styled reunion. Tara Key's first band was Babylon Dance Band, Althea, and they were real harbingers of that new wave era explosion of modern Southern rock, like Pylon, like B-52s, like R.E.M. Exactly. And they got back together years and years later. So here's Tara talking about Wink. How the initial idea first came up to help raise money when you first found out about Wink's cancer? We played just a really magical show on the banks of the Ohio with some old friends. And Wink played with us during that set, which every time I came to Louisville, he, he was my man. I wanted him on my stage. I wanted to jam with him. It was a little mini set that Chip Nold, our singer, took the stage, me and Tim. And Wink was playing. And it was just, you know, as usual, when I played with Wink, it was like being on a roller coaster, doing like synchronized tumbling, like, you know, sparring. Like at one point, we just jammed our guitars together and made this like beautiful squeal. So, it was a really moving experience. And then it was about three or four months after that that he like let me know that he was sick. So Tara wanted to help her friends. And she had this idea of getting an album together with all of their friends, but not telling Wink at all about it. And it would all have Wink's favorite songs. And they would help raise funds for his treatment. He's such a scholar of music. If you go to his website, Hammer of the Dogs, he's got playlists not only does he document many if not most of the louisville bands from the 70s 80s 90s but he also has playlists that he's compiled about country music rock jazz anything i wanted to pick his brain get him trick him into telling me his 10 favorite songs and then i wanted to grab some folks who loved him our peers to record versions of antietam kind of being an antietam karaoke if you will and to put this out to benefit him with his expenses um while he was undergoing treatment because he's a bartender he couldn't work any longer so i texted him just kind of casually said so wink yeah, if you had to, if you know, if your feet were put to the fire, what would be your top ten favorite songs of all time? And oh my lord, it was just like a, a day full of text messages from him. Like he was just so 
put into an absolute panic to have to settle on 10 songs. And all day he would just write me say, how can I leave out this New Order song? How can I leave out this song that James Burton plays perfect guitar on? How can I leave out this Beatles song? I don't know, spin the roulette wheel and pick one of these Stone songs. And it went on and on and on and on. And by the end of the night, he wrote me and said, here's a list of 50. I cannot do any better than this. If you ask me tomorrow, they'll probably be all different. Greg, I'm surprised uh, you weren't tapped for that album, being the biggest Wink O'Bannon <laughs> fan in the world from his days in 11th Dream Day. Well, yeah. I mean, Rick Rizzo, the 11th Dream Day co-founding member, uh, main guitarist, songwriter, to this day, Mrs. Wink, um, he was such a valuable part of that band. It always, for, in his mind, it was always a two-guitar band. And when Baird Figgy had to leave because, you know, he got married and had a family, Wink was the obvious choice for that spot and carried on in that tradition. So, yeah, a big part of 11th Dream Day as well as, you know, influencing countless other musicians. So Rick Rizzo and Janet Bean of 11th Dream Day are on this record. Who else? It seems like everybody's on this record, Althea. Oh, yeah. There's at least 18 people that were involved. So there's Freakwaters, Catherine Irwin. There's members of Yolo Tengo, as you mentioned, Rick Rizzo and Janet Beam, Doug McCombs, David Grubbs, Will Oldham is on this record. And then there's this band, Juanita, that Wink actually had a hand in helping mentor also. So, you know, it's a testament to how beloved Wink O'Bannon is in the musical underground that so many people were eager to come forward. But Tara gave uh, special props to, uh, uh, as MVP of this album, to whom? James McNew. He ended up mixing and mastering it. And I guess he was sort of her go-to for all technological things. So in order to like sort of, as she had said, he had come up with 50 songs. Mm. And she thought, well, I wanted to have 10. It ended up with 15. So what she did... So what she did is, and, and she didn't tell Wink anything about this. It was supposed to be a surprise. So she circulated the list amidst all those friends uh, of his and hers. And they started sort of paring it down and starting to track the music. And she kept it quiet for a while. But then about a month before he died in June 2020, she told him. I told him of the existence of the project, and I think he was pretty bemused by it. And so I didn't play anything for him, and that's a regret that I have. So, I mean, one thing I would say to people is if you have an impulse to do something kind for somebody or tell somebody something you need to tell them, just do it, because that's the one thing that kind of stabs at my heart, that he didn't hear any of it. After a quick break, we will get to hear some of the album. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions. We're back with Sound Opinions news contributor Althea Legospi talking about Tara Key's tribute to the late Wink O'Bannon. So we mentioned James McNew as an MVP of this album, along with uh, Tara Key. McNew, of course, is the longtime bass player of Yola Tango. I'll insert here my uh, my connection to both Yola Tango and Antietam. I've told this story before. When both of those bands were starting out, they played like every Tuesday or Wednesday for the entire summer at Maxwell's, a residency. And I went every week. In Hoboken. In Hoboken. Maxwell's in Hoboken. I saw them every week for, for like 10 weeks. And, right. And it was phenomenal to see these bands take shape. Uh, that was before McNew was in the band. So what did they decide to do after Wink died? 
Althea? I mean, obviously they were very distraught and because the album was intended to help raise funds for Wink and then they spent a lot of soul searching. And then as Tara tells us here, they came up with a, a new plan. And so when that disappeared and it's in the middle of the pandemic, we were kind of like, okay, so this is this is too bad because this is sounding really great and don't want to throw in the towel on it. So we gave a little thought to the fact that he did care about educating folks, not only about how to play music, but also just kind of broadening their knowledge horizons. And we thought that he would think it was cool if we could find a couple of charities in Louisville that benefited kids and through, you know, self-discovery through music. And so we settled on a couple of charities in Louisville, Amped and Girls Rock Louisville. Tell us a little bit about some of uh, Wink's favorite songs. I mean, this to me, the most fascinating part of this project is extracting, you know, his list. Because I know that Wink could talk about music for hours, and he probably had 500 songs that he could have put on this record. Well, one of the ones that Tara was like, I knew even before I sent the list out was Walk Away Renee. Just walk away, Renee. You won't see me follow you back home. Tara wanted it, but Sue Garner from Fish and Roses and the Shams ended up getting it. One thing is Walk Away Renee, obviously it was in the first text because it's a conversation that we have had for decades when like, you know, when the conversation would roll around to what's the best song ever, it would always come up between us because, and very specifically, we agreed on this one fact that in the chorus, the you won't see me follow you back home, it's just a combination of the um, instrumentation and Carol's voice, there's just like this keening whale pierce <laughs> to the heart. And that, to me, and I think he seconded this, um, it's in the top five, like, milliseconds of rock and roll for me. And I think he agreed with that. That was a song that I knew he was going to say, and he said it. And at first, I kind of wanted to take the song and do it. And so then... Sue Garner, who knew Wink too, like saw the list and she's just like, oh, I've got to have Walk Away Renee. And I was kind of like, well, I want Walk Away Renee. And then I was like, you know what? Sue is going to sing the hell out of this song. And then we thought of including James McNew, who has the voice of an angel. And it just, it slays me still every time I hear it on, on this record. I mean, those guys. And then add in David Grubbs's perfect rendition of the guitar like he did the solo which i think is kind of i forget what the instrumentation is it is like a horn of some sort i think that he did it on guitar it's just like amazing i mean there's so many there's so many moments on this record that i feel so fortunate to even have like a finger in you know it's just and that's one of them That's the left left bank <laughs> was the band in the sixties who, who recorded the song originally and wrote it and uh, it is a beautiful orchestral pop ballad. It a perfect pop song, many people have said. 
So were there any uh, real surprises? You know, I asked her about that because I thought with such a long list, there might be like, that one's kind of a surprise. Um, she said there weren't necessarily surprises because as, as you have both brought up, he was very just knowledgeable and deep with his music knowledge. So it was eclectic and that was what she expected. She said she didn't really use the word surprise for this. She she said that it was, um, she wasn't expecting two Nick Cave songs to be on the list. Mm. But other than that, uh, she did bring up one that she thought was really funny. There's nothing that surprised me. I mean, goodbye pork pie hat. I just kind of was joking to Wolf, our friend, saying, yeah, somebody really wants to hear Antino's version of goodbye pork pie hat. That would be a disaster. I'll do it. <laughs> so then he did that track. So, Althea, did they take any liberties with these cover songs? Yes. Actually, it's really interesting. Tara was talking about the Donovan track, getting a bit of a twist. From Kathy Irwin, she ended up doing some research and found some lost lyrics that ended up on the track. Kathy did, which was amazing, that Wink would have loved, is that when Donovan, Donovan's kind of unclear, actually, about when he wrote the song. In some interviews, he says he didn't write it in India when they went to the Baharishi with the Beatles, and in some, in some interviews, he says he did. But at any rate, apparently, while they were in India, George Harrison wrote a verse for the song. And so Donovan did not include that verse in the song when he recorded it, which apparently kind of miffed George. And so Kathy found that verse and she restored it to the song. She sings it kind of over the outro of the last bit of the song. She's singing the lost George Harrison verse. And <laughs> we could have loved that. That's just like, that's amazing. And then Tara, Tara uh, had her own uh, choice that she added that wasn't on Wink's list. Yeah, it, it was one of the songs from his solo album that she really felt more people needed to hear, and she obviously had 
strong emotions about it. We did a song of his called Hundred. And so from his website that I mentioned earlier, um, he put up a lot of stuff that he recorded just by himself over the last few years or so. And there was this really beautiful song called The Fox Song. And it was in the same key as Hundred. So at the end of Hundred, when I, you know, go off on one of my excursion solos, um, I flew Wink in to play with him one last time. And uh, it's intense. I mean, when I did it, I mean, poor Tim. I mean, he sat in this one room through a pandemic having me basically break into tears about every time I did something on the record. Like playing the harpsichord part on Walk Away Renee, I literally could not get through it for an afternoon because every time I would do it, the combination of the part I was telling you about and then me recreating that part for this purpose, it was just like devastating. Anyway, on the end of 100, I flew in this solo, so we play together one last time, and the whole last 90 seconds of the record is just Wink playing by himself. And I really wanted him to have the last word, so. His Majesty's Request, a Wink O'Bannon Select, benefits Girls Rock Louisville and AMPT, the Academy of Music Production, Education, and Development in Louisville. It can be found on Bandcamp and other streaming platforms. It was a true pleasure hearing you uh, chat with uh, uh, my old friend and Greg's as well, Tara Althea. Uh, and it's getting a double vinyl release, is that true? Yeah, it's a, a label in Norway um, is putting out a new imprint later this year, and it'll be on that. Cool. And she gave you a hint that there's going to be a new Antietam release? Yeah. So this fall, she's planning an archival release of their first two albums. Uh, it'll be the first time they'll be offered digitally. And then also she's planning a Babylon dance band set of practice and live music. All right. Thank you, Sound Opinions News contributor and uh, all-around wonderful person, Althea Legospi. That's it for this bonus episode of Sound Opinions. This episode was produced by Althea Legospi, Andrew Gill, and Alex Claiborne. Our associate producer is Soldal Gabillo, and our intern is Mary Bernthal. Our social media consultant is Katie Cott. Thanks for listening.